0: Hello, Food World. It's Robert Crutchfield, your favorite foodie friend from Crutchfield Cooks, here with an episode of Crutchfield Cooks, the podcast. This time around, I still think it's going to be entertaining. I still think it's going to be interesting, or at least I hope it will be. But things are about to get really cheesy around here. I'm still working on some more interviews and you're gonna love some of the people I'm working on interviews with it's gonna be it's gonna be something those probably'll be back in a couple of weeks but or maybe next week if we get the wind behind us. but this week we're doing another one of my my favorite ingredients episodes, and this week we're conquering the subject of cheese. Here's me, okay. One of the things I look at when I start putting these episodes together as far as the My Favorite Ingredient episodes is why are they my favorite ingredients? A lot like onions last episode, cheese is one of my favorite ingredients, not only because I like the flavors and the aromas and the variety, but because cheese can just be so fun and interesting to cook with. And of course, another reason I even do these My Favorite Ingredient episodes, rather, is that I come from a school of thought that one of the ways to make yourself a stronger cook, whether you're a home cook or or somebody that cooks professionally in some form or another, is that to become a stronger cook, one of the things you need to do is increase your knowledge of your ingredients. And cheese can be an interesting, almost fascinating ingredient to study. Now how do we get cheese? Cheese is made from a variety of different milk from different animals. We'll get into that in a minute. But at its most basic level cheese is made from milk of some sort And cheese curds, or some people call them cheese starter type things, what these do is they convert the lactose in the cheese into lactic acid. And in the process of forming the lactic acid, which is a protein, that's what helps cheese become more of a solid form. Although... In some cases, like mozzarella, solid is a a relative term because some cheese is not particularly solid. Now, one of the interesting things about cheese is the, the milk that we make cheese from can come from almost any mammal. The cheese that you're most familiar with, like cheddar cheese, for example, comes from cow's milk. But we can also get cheese from goat's milk, buffalo milk, sheep milk, camels, reindeer, and even yaks and rattlesnakes. Yes, you can actually make cheese out of snake milk. How many, how many kinds of cheese are there? You may be wondering. Well, that's a tricky answer. Because cheese can be classified in a lot of different ways. It can be classified by family. It can be classified by the type of milk it it is from. And cheese can also be classified in, in terms of things. A lot of cheese is not just simply milk and cheese curds. A lot of cheese may have herbs and other things that are put in it as the cheese is put together. Look at some cheeses can have herbs and things in them. So, is that one kind of cheese or two? Do you have the base cheese and then a second kind of cheese? Or is it all one classification? But depending on how you classify and how you define what is and isn't a different kind of cheese, there are as many as 1,800 different kinds of cheese. Many, many hundreds of them made in France alone. I said something about the cheese families. Let's look into that. For a little bit as we go on. There's what they call a natural rind cheese, which is mostly goat milk cheese, but can also include cow's milk cheese. It has a wrinkly rind, or the outside part of the cheese, and it's wrinkly because it forms naturally. It's not encouraged to form in any one particular way. And natural rind cheeses tend to have a very fresh scent. Which leads us into the next kind, which was called fresh cheese. Fresh cheese is called fresh cheese because it's not normally aged like cheddar would be, for instance. It tends to be, as you would imagine, fresh, creamier than a lot of other cheeses. And then we get into what's called a bloomy rind or bloomy cheese. In a bloomy cheese, mold is sprayed on during the aging process. And it gets its name because as the cheese ages, the mold that's put on there actually blooms. And this gives you a softer rind, and a lot of meat cheeses have a more mushroomy type aroma. You also have what's called a washed rind cheese. Washed rind cheeses are massaged with salted water or alcohol during the aging process while they're in a facility known as a cheese cave. Although cheese caves, a lot of times nowadays, historically, of course, they actually were caves. In today's world, especially in the high-production cheese environments, A lot of times they're more like a basement, which I know the Murray's Cheese people, they have a cheese cave in New York City that is literally that. It's a basement, not a cave. But this particular cheese, that's what they do. When they're in this cave, they massage it with the salted water and the alcohol to produce that particular kind of cheese. You have your semi-hard cheeses, which are pressed which squeezes some of the the moisture out, among other things. But in a semi-hard cheese, the curds are not cooked. And a semi-hard cheese is just what it sounds like. It's not as soft as, say, a mozzarella, but it's not one of your harder, more crumbly-type cheeses. And then you have the pressed, also known as cooked, easier term is hard cheese. Hard cheese is a lot like semi hard cheese, except that with a hard cheese, the curds that are put in the milk to produce the cheese are cooked. The advantage to a hard cheese is that it will last longer, particularly in an environment where it's not going to be refrigerated. Hard cheeses historically, going back hundreds if not thousands of years, are what you saw more often. Uh, in days gone by, hard cheeses would be a major part of the sustenance for soldiers, for instance, that were out, out and about and doing soldier things. And, of course, they did not take with them any kind of cooking or food production type equipment. So hard cheeses were used as a food source all to their own, which you can still do today. We think of cheese as a something you put to do a sauce or something that you do as kind of a side kind of thing or a, a condiment, maybe. But cheese can very much, even in today's world, be used as a foodstuff all on its own. Now, you also have blue-veined cheese, like Roquefort For instance, in these kind of cheeses, mold is added to the curds when the curd is added to the milk. And holes are actually poked into the cheese during the aging process in the the case we talked about a minute ago. Because the mold that you have to have for this kind of cheese, it requires oxygen to grow. And these blue cheeses, blue vein cheeses like blue cheese, like Roquefort, they tend to have very strong aromas, which is a good time to point out uh, what is the deal with cheeses that have a strong aroma? Well, the deal with cheeses that have a strong aroma and why we look for these cheeses is the rule of thumb. Generally speaking, is that the stronger the aroma, the stronger the flavor of the cheese? So we look for cheeses with a strong aroma in cooking applications where we're looking for stronger flavor because the two things have a a bit of a correlation. Now, interestingly enough, you may be a bit turned off by the idea that. I've talked about mold on cheese. Mold, Not all mold is gross and yucky. In fact, when it comes to things like creating cheese, mold is actually beneficial. At the same time, you may have some, some cheese in the fridge or something like that where it develops a little bit of a mold. And if nothing else, even if it's not harmful, it doesn't look all that great. So you're, you're pulling your cheese out, you're, you're getting ready to make your cheese tray for the, for the dinner party or, or some other kind of party or what have you, and it's got a, got a little spot of mold. What do you do? Don't get too disappointed, and certainly don't panic. One of the things that's really good about cheese is if the mold is not too deep, you can actually what they call clean cheese. And what this entails is you'll take a knife, or or better yet, a, a cheese knife, which is made of wire, which is something else that I'll have a little bit to talk about here in a minute, and you can take your knife and you can actually scrape the mold off, and the cheese is perfectly fine to eat. Now, granted, when you do this, you want to maybe go a very thin layer beyond where you get the mold off the cheese just to make sure you get it all. But just because there's a little bit of mold on the surface of cheese, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Which brings us to, I talked about cutting a cheese with wire. Sometimes it's very beneficial to cut cheese with wire other than a knife, or at least not a knife that we normally would be accustomed to. Cheese wires come in a variety of different forms. I've seen cheese wires mounted on handles. I've used those professionally, in fact. And I've also seen cheese wires that are cutting boards, where the wire is attached to a larger board, and you set the the cheese wheel on the board, and you, you stretch the wire across, and they cut the wheel in half or whatever you want to do cheese wires are used primarily with your semi-hard and your harder cheeses they're they're difficult to deal with with softer cheeses but with your semi-hard and harder cheeses they do have they allow you to cut a larger quantity of cheese and larger pieces of cheese they also using a wire can also allow you to cook to cut more accurately when dealing with these kind of cheeses they can help you cut thinner slices in more uniform slices for instance cheese slicers which are a little bit different they look more like a, a spatula with a, a a long hole near the handle a cheese slicer is all, also another option if you're looking for thinner more uniform slices So you can certainly do that. Uh, Another aspect of cheese is your hard crumbly cheeses don't melt very well. For instance, feta might be an outstanding cheese for a salad. And you might be one of those that that very much likes feta cheese in their salad or in other uses. But feta being a... uh, a drier cheese, much like some of the Mexican cheeses, it doesn't melt very well. So if you're looking for something to melt on your burger, if you're looking for something that, that 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 has that aspect in your cooking of it sort of envelopes something else in your dish, you're not looking for a cheese like feta. What kind of cheese are you looking for? How do you know that the cheese you're looking for It's going to melt better than, say, the, the other cheese next to it on the shelf. Well, there are two things that you want to look for. You want to look for a cheese with a higher moisture content. And you want to look for a cheese with a higher fat content. Now, the other thing you can do is when you're cooking your dish, you can add moisture or fat to the cheese. Say you're melting a cheese which is not known for being all that melty. A lot of times, that's where when chefs and people are creating cheese sauces, they'll add, for instance, heavy cream. Because heavy cream adds both these things. It adds both moisture and fat. I've given you a lot to digest. I know I have. Uh, So I want to take a moment and talk about shopping for cheese. You're looking to... To cook something and you, and you want to build some cheese into the dish you're making, and all the different options, all the different criteria, whatnot, it can be a little confusing, which is why some people spend entire years studying cheese. But dinner's in three hours, you ain't got that kind of time. What do you do? Well, there are cheese shops. I even worked in a grocery store that sold cheese at three different locations inside the store. They had the normal self-store, self-serve open refrigerated case with feet and feet and feet of cheese, mostly different brands of the same four or five kinds. Of course, in this environment, you're on your own. It's self-serve. And The next level up in that place was the deli counter. Now, certainly at the deli counter, you have people that have at least a minimal level of cooking experience. They know how to cut the cheese at a minimum, and they probably know a little bit about which cheese bears well, the different meat that the deli counter also sells. In the one place I worked, we had even a step above that. We had an actual cheese counter. Now the difference between the deli counter which is at least some level of expertise and some level of help in selecting a cheese, the the actual cheese counter had cheese masters and other people who specialized in cheese, had specialized training in cheese and Unlike other areas of the store where the associates might move around from department to department, depending on the urgency of what needed to be done where in the store, the people at the cheese counters, where I worked anywhere, were true specialists. They spent their days with cheese. They cut the cheese. They wrapped the cheese. They even made dips and spreads out of the cheese. So they were... They kind of sort of were cooking, at least in a way. They demoed the cheese, for instance, especially on weekends. So there was that experience. They, they had information from the different cheese companies that they used to build these demos. So they, had, they have ex- a level of experience explaining a cheese and its different uses to people that you don't necessarily see in other parts of the store. Now, the ultimate would be to go to an actual cheese shop, which they also they have in today's world, just like we still have old school butcher shops. And this is another level of the same thing. Generally speaking, somebody that works in a butcher shop n- or knows a lot more about meat than somebody that works at, say, a grocery store where they don't even have a literal butcher counter. Now, not every community has a cheese shop. But if you have one and you're trying to learn more about cheese, it would behoove you to make use of the expertise of the people that, that run this shop and the people that, that work there. Well, that's about it for what I got on cheese. I hope I taught you a few new things. Maybe a few of the new things I taught you will will help you cook with cheese a little bit better. Certainly to have some advantages just even eating cheese. Don't forget, we're available to you 24-7, 365 at www.learnmoreeatbetter.com. Please, by all means, stay tuned for those, the next batch of inter- interviews I have coming your way. And until next time.